Hello and welcome back to the mystery room. Long time no speak. I'm Abby. And I'm Shannon. And uh, yeah, it's been over a month since we've spoken to you guys. It's been five weeks. Bloody hell. I know we said in our last episode that we'd do one individually, but... So I don't have a laptop, so I choose Abby's. And she couldn't remember her password. Yeah. So I couldn't get onto it. You know, you just go on holiday for two weeks and you just forget your password. Like, everything just goes, so... It wasn't a week. It was, like, four days. Yeah. (laughs) I just sort of lost track of everything, really. But we are back, finally, with a part two. So sorry. You may have to go back and watch, listen to the last one. Yeah. And then listen to this one. Yes. I had to do that. I did have to reread part one. When I was researching part two, I was like wait what happened and then I had to go back and was like oh yeah this happened so yeah I would advise going back and listening to part one if you haven't already but we had amazing holidays yeah it was great it was we didn't want to come back no I know it went so quick it literally just flew by two weeks just is not long enough but on my flight out to Thailand I sat next to this old Australian couple they're from Perth lovely people Oh, Charlie and Marge. They were great. Marge. Literally, I was just having a full-blown conversation with them the whole way there. And every time the little trolley came around, like, offering drinks, they were like, should we grab some wine? (laughs) They just kept feeding me wine. And then me and Charlie were like, we'll just have the bottle with a straw. And his wife's like, you two are awful. Honestly, I felt like part of the family was great. Then he's egging me on to go travelling out there. So, big up, big up, Charlie. Yeah. I had a great flight out there. Honestly, it was amazing. Did you get drunk on the plane? No. How many wines did you have? I think three or four, but they're only like the the little little plasticky cup ones, aren't they? Yeah, they're a bit disappointing, really. On the way home, though, I was very hungover. (laughs) I drank a lot the night before. I got the flight. Oh, yeah, but you have to do that on the end of your holiday, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) That was horrendous. Yeah, we both had a great time, and now we're back, and we are going to be consistent this time so we're hoping from now on every week there will be an episode basically abby's gonna stop booking holidays yes well so am i yes there we go <laughs> we got to start planning our holiday around our podcast we have to start filming multiples in weeks leading up i know we are gonna have to be more on it more organized yeah i think it's just we're very new to this so yeah and it's been a very very hectic few months for for both of us really but and as we are new to this the more obviously we do it the more experience will become and the more we probably will invest a little bit more time into it not if we don't already because oh we do do you want to tell them why your voice sounds so funny oh yeah i have covid so that's fun i go to italy for four days and uh come back with covid and a bit of a stomach bug so well i don't know if it's because of covid but so i sound all nasally again um, and Shannon sat next to me, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm t- she's like, do you mind if I sit next to you? I'm like, no, you get down here. Hug me if you want. <laughs> and I'm just sharing my love. So sorry if it doesn't sound very attractive. Or I do sound a bit I don't annoying. think you sound that bad. You just sound a bit nasally. That's what I mean. You just sound like you've got cold more than anything. You don't really sound. Well, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just like... It's not as bad as our first ever pod. Oh. And I sounded like I smoked like 40 cigarettes in one sitting. That was horrendous. 
Oh god, I feel like half of these podcasts that we've done are like, We're not very well. <laughs> it can only get better from here. I also honest. drunk the bottle of wine that I brought for this podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I had a glass every day. And the last glass I filled it like right to the top because I didn't want to leave like a little bit in the mo- bottom. But it was a really nice bottle of wine. It was a Moscato. Is it Moscato? Yeah. A white one, yeah. Really, really nice. Very fruity, not too dry, not too petrolly. It's quite, mm-hmm. it is really nice. I would definitely recommend. Abby wouldn't know because I drank it about her as well. <laughs> so, um, I, I also feel like when you're on, when you go on holiday and you start drinking a bit more, like we sound alcoholic. Oh, well, I'm not gonna lie. I drank so much beer. I don't yeah, usually drink same. beer, but it was the nicest beer I think I've ever tasted. Yeah. So we both went to Thailand. Abby went two weeks, and then she came back, and I went for two weeks. And um, we both fell in love with Chang. It was amazing. It's just so easy to drink. It is, yeah. And you don't even realise you're drinking it. It's, it's so dangerous. It is. Because then you do just drink more and then one, before you know it, you're... On the floor. <laughs> Waking up to um, two custard tarts in your hotel room. You don't know how they got oh, there. And then so when funny. you check out, they don't even charge you for it. So... Um, do you think that would have been a nice surprise? I, it really, I ate it in the morning. Yeah. I woke up. Dad like, phoned me to go down for breakfast and I woke up and I saw them and the chocolate one wasn't that nice but the custard one was banging and it was so nice. There you go, you got some free time. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Right, so let's get into the podcast now. Yes. Because um, all this talk about holidays is making me all depressed. I know. Before we go into part two, we just want to say that this will get quite confusing due to the amount of different stories Vandersloot, so the one of the suspects in this case, if you remember from part one, again, if you don't remember or you haven't listened to it yet, I would go back and listen to it, otherwise this part will not make any sense. But due to the amount of different stories Vandersloot goes on to tell the police and other people, uh, we'll try and explain it as simple as we can, but we just wanted to let you know in case you do just get a bit lost. So, the Calpo brothers were re-arrested on the 26th of August, along with another suspect, Freddie Arambatsis. There were no public explanations for the reason why Freddie was arrested. Freddie was a 21-year-old friend of the brothers and van der Sloot. He was suspected of having inappropriate physical contact with an underage girl, and also took photos of her before Natalie's disappearance. Vandersloot and the Calpo brothers were allegedly involved in this. However, Vandersloot's mother said, and I quote, it's a desperate attempt to get the boys to talk, but there is nothing to talk about. On September the 3rd, the three were released on the condition that they would remain available to the police, despite all the efforts of the prosecution to keep them in and get them to talk. Following his release, Vandersloot did a lot of travelling, even living in Thailand for a few months. Apparently, he talked about the case a lot of the time, loving all the attention it gave him. He gave several interviews. One, which was shown on Fox News, really stood out. In this interview, he gave his versions of events of the night Natalie disappeared, stating that she wanted to have sex with him, but he did not, due to him not having a condom. She then according to him, wanted to stay on the beach with him, but he had school the next morning. He was picked up by one of the Calpo brothers and left Holloway sitting on the beach alone at 3am. He did go on to say that he felt ashamed to have left the young woman on the beach, even though it was her own request. 
And the reason he was apparently not truthful first was because he believed that Natalie would turn up. What kind of bullshit is that? I'm sorry. No, surely no one believes that. Like, yeah. I know, that's what I mean. Well, no one no one believes what he goes on to say. Like, he is just full and of sorry, so much like, crap. If you were so innocent, you would just keep your head down. You wouldn't go around talking about it because you wouldn't want the attention. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like... He's trying everything in his power to be like, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. Yeah. When it looks blatantly obvious that it is you. Yeah, exactly. And if you were innocent, you would just tell the truth in the first place. Yeah, you wouldn't, because obviously it's given him time to now sit there and think, oh, wait, this happened. Or I can yeah. say this, or I can say that. He comes up with so many different stories, it's just, just unbelievable. Over the coming years, several suspects were arrested and questioned, but these didn't lead anywhere. And on April the 16th, 2007, an Aruban Dutch team began taking on the investigation in Aruba. The same month, Van der Sloot and a reporter published a book called The Case of Natalie Holloway, in which Van der Sloot gives his perspective of what happened the night Natalie disappeared. He does apologise in this book, but still maintains that he is innocent. Following this book, although it may not be related, authorities carried out a search of his house, to which apparently nothing suspicious was found. Then, a few weeks later, the Calpo brothers' family home was searched, but again, nothing was found. Later that year, in November 2007, the Calpo brothers and Van der Sloot were re-arrested on suspicion of the involvement in manslaughter and causing serious bodily harm, resulting in the death of Natalie. Despite attempts to extend the Calpo's brothers' detention, they were released on December 1st. Van der Sloot was also then released on December 7th without charge due to the lack of evidence. This then led up to the case being closed on December 18th due to not enough evidence and no charges would be filed. In January 2008, a Dutch reporter came forward and claimed that he had solved the case and said he would reveal everything on a special TV programme. This aired on the 3rd of February 2008, which included footage of Van der Sloot smoking marijuana with a man named Patrick van der Eem. Not sure if that is how you say it, but it's how it sounds, so I'm just going to go with that. Patrick was an ex-convict himself and gained van der Sloot's trust. Van der Sloot then began to confess to Patrick that he was with Holloway the night she disappeared when she began shaking and then became unresponsive. According to van der Sloot, he tried to help but had no success. This is when he called a friend who disposed of the body after telling van der Sloot to go home. However, the friend has denied this, stating that he was in Rotterdam at school at the time of Natalie's disappearance. However, the friend has denied this, stating that he was in Rotterdam at school at the time of Natalie's disappearance. Frustratingly, after this tape was aired, nothing came of this due to it being inconsistent with evidence found. Van der Sloot then came out and said that what he said on the tape wasn't true and that he only said it because he was high on marijuana. A month later, Patrick van der Eem was secretly taped saying that he had been friends with van der Sloot for years and that he was expected to become a millionaire through his involvement in the case. He also claimed he knew the person who supposedly disposed of Natalie's body. I'm not sure how true this is, as it seems like van der Eem is a bit of a dreamer who is all talk. Van der Eem was actually arrested in December that year for allegedly hitting his girlfriend and driving recklessly whilst fleeing the police. Right. What a lovely bloke, honestly. Yeah, yeah. so after 
looking this guy up. It just seems like he's full of shit just as much as Van der Sloot is. Because... He just seems really cocky. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think they're both very similar in the way that, like, they like the attention and they would only say stuff just... To get a reaction. Yeah. In November 2008, another interview came out on Fox News of Van der Sloot alleging he sold Holloway into sexual slavery. He also said that his father paid two police officers who had learnt that she was taken to Venezuela to keep them quiet. However, he then retracted this statement. Shock. That's what I mean. There's just so many different stories like, that what is wrong, people. What is wrong with this guy? I don't know. Like, it, it, it get like, obviously... It's like he forgets his lie and then he has to make up a new lie. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, just stick to one lie. Yeah. And bloody sell it. <laughs> I do think that maybe he, he... Maybe he's panicking. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he's panicking. No, he definitely did it. Yeah. He definitely involved it in some way. Yeah. 100%. There is no way, though, he did it on his own, no. I don't think. No, I think the Calpo brothers are involved. Yeah. But at the same time, why is he not... Because he doesn't really talk about them. Oh, my God, just sell them out. Fuck that. <laughs> Do you know what? I would actually just throw my friend under the bus. I don't care. Yeah, definitely if they were involved. I wouldn't. Not you, though. Oh, You're my But anyone really else, nice. anyone else, they're going under. <laughs> you, I'd defend you too. I'll be your alibi. You need one, I'm I here. I killed someone. Yeah, I'm <laughs> here. You need one, I'm here. That's good to know, thank you. It's all right. After several searches over the next few years and no evidence being found, Van der Sloot comes forward in March 2010 to say that if Beth Holloway, Natalie's mother, wires him $25,000 up front and $225,000 later, he would disclose where her daughter's body is and the circumstances of her death. Beth Holloway agreed to this, and in May 2010, she wires $15,000 and gives $10,000 in cash. Vandersloot then tells his attorney what location her body is in. Sadly, this was false, as the house that he claimed her body at hadn't even been built at the time that she was reported missing. That's sick. Isn't it? That is sick. That is like toying with someone's emotions. That is sick. I know. All of that for a bit of money. Also, how would he not even realise? Do your research. Yeah. Honestly, this guy is not clever at all. He's actually thick. This is what I mean. This is why I don't think he's done it on his own. Because he is just too thick to pull something off like this. Jesus. I know. Honestly. And it it carries on. It's always money, though. If you notice, it's like, everyone's like, give me money, give me money, give me money. I'm not going to lie. You're in prison. What the fuck are you going to do with it? So, in case you were doubting Van der Sloot at all, this might help change your mind. Stephanie Flores Ramirez was a 21-year-old student studying business. On May the 30th, 2010, she was reported missing in Peru. But sadly, three days later, she was found in a hotel room. But guess whose name the hotel room was registered under? Four days later, Van der Sloot was arrested on a murder charge and confessed to killing Stephanie. He stated that apparently he had lost his temper after he, she accessed his laptop without his permission and found some information linking him to Holloway. In January 2012, he was charged with first-degree murder and robbery and was sentenced to 28 years in prison. And luckily, he is still there to this day. It's extremely annoying that he is there for another crime and not for what happened to Natalie. The amount of evidence that has come out and the authorities have just decided there isn't enough 
to link him is just shit. There's, there, There's, there, is, there is evidence that links him to it. There is so much, and just because it's not inconsistent, he basically what, sorry, Im- just because it's not consistent. But he basically admitted that he knows what happened to her, but his story keeps changing. Yeah, this this is so this it's is like, what I mean. He knows something, he just doesn't want to give. I'm sorry, but you're in right. prison for someone else's murder now, anyway. So you may as well just confess. Yeah, I know. Like, what have you got to lose? Fuck all. So just tell them. So a day after he was sentenced, a judge legally declares Natalie Holloway as dead. After Dave Holloway filed a petition in 2011 to have this done. That must be so hard. Yeah. They either buried an empty coffin or they haven't even buried her and they've got nowhere to even go to like... I know. That's so sad. I know. Things went quiet for over 10 years in which during this time there was a lot of criticism aimed at the authorities. Everyone was complaining about the authorities because they basically think that Van der Sloot was let off lightly and they didn't do enough investigating into him and the Calpo brothers and where Natalie's body was. Like, they did a lot of um, searching in, like, the seas and on the beaches and, and, like, took a lot of tips from people and looked into them. But the annoying thing is... They have so much evidence linking Van der Sloot to this and all the different stories he's given them, even though they're all different, he's still telling them that he knows what happened to Natalie. So... Why are they not looking into him more? Why yeah. are they not getting him in? Why are they not like, interrogating what? him? They keep imprisoning him, letting him out, and then sending him back to prison and letting him out. It's like, now he's he is actually in there, but... Not for the murder that he committed. Yeah. And it's like, it just feels like that Natalie and her family are never going to get any closure because I just don't understand why he wouldn't admit to it. Mm -hmm. He's in prison. Just admit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just say what you've done. Yeah. You've such a wanker. I don't like this guy. No, I know. And if the fact he's gone on to kill another girl as well, which I don't understand that he admitted to that, but he won't admit to... Natalie Holloway. I don't know. I do think there is a bit more to her murder than what is let on. Because if he admitted to Stephanie, why won't he just admit to to Natalie? Like, I don't know. Maybe he's in too deep now. <laughs> he's like, oh, I've told so much bullshit. Like, Because he wouldn't just be charged now with the murder of Natalie. It would be budget, perverting yeah, the cause of justice. That's true. He'd have a lot more charges against him. Yeah. But 28 years isn't a lot. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel like that's not enough. No, not at all. It never is. It makes me, so, of makes me so annoyed. I know. So Beth Holloway even released a book called Loving Natalie, A Mother's Testament of Hope and Faith. The same year, she went on to a show and said to follow in, what we want is we want justice. And you know, and we have to recognise the fact that you know this crime has been committed on the island of Aruba. And we know the perpetrators. We know it's these three suspects, the Calpo brothers and Van der Sloot. And you know, we just have to, though, keep going. Because the only way we will get justice for Natalie is if we do keep going. I mean, if I give up, absolutely nothing will happen. Nothing. Oh, that's sad. I know. I know. The family encouraged travellers to boycott Aruba due to safety of tourists there. We can only imagine the pain the family must have felt and still feel all these years. 
In 2017, a docu-series was made called The Disappearance of Natalie Holloway. In this, a man named John Ludwig claimed that Van der Sloop paid him $1,500 to dig up Natalie's remain and cremate them in 2010. However, this would prove to be false and Beth Holloway sued the network for giving her and her family false hope. Just a few months later, in March 2018, John Ludwig was stabbed to death by a woman in Florida who he tried to kidnap. <laughs> that all the men link to Vandersloot, you've ended up in prison or dead. Yeah. Like, that is... That's what, that's what I mean. Like, first it was um, Van Der Eem. Yeah, and now it's... Ends up in prison. And now it's this Ludwig man. Yeah. It's like Vandersloot, for his age, he's like some sort of, like, mafia boss. It can yeah. just kill people off. I, was, I, was, I don't know, like... Maybe he doesn't really listen to his podcast, find out where we live. <laughs> Because it just seems everyone that talks about him ends up dead. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. I know. I, I When I was reading it, I was like, surely not. They're just really unlucky people. Don't get involved with Vandersloot, basically. Yeah, just don't. Just don't do it. No. <laughs> the most recent update is from this May 2023. It was actually a few weeks ago. Vandersloot is currently incarcerated in Peru. But they announced a couple of weeks ago that they have agreed for him to be extradited to the United States to face charges of extortion and wire fraud relating back to his incident in 2010 involving Beth Holloway. Beth said in a statement, quote, It has been a very long and painful journey, but the persistence, if many, is going to pay off. Together, we are finally getting justice for Natalie. It is clear that Beth Holloway will never give up on finding answers to her daughter's death. And that is all for this case. Oh, he definitely did it. Yep. With the brothers in tow. Wow. Did he, though? Because obviously he murdered that girl in the hotel room on his own. But I just think he's covered this up very well. Mm. And the fact that he didn't drive. Yeah. Like, they were on the beach. Say they were on the beach. This is his story. He would have had to either move that body or dump her in the ocean. But even if you dump her body in the ocean, sooner or later it will turn up. That is true. And they did loads of searches in the ocean, and I know they didn't find anything. She never got dumped in the ocean. I don't don't believe that. No. They did something else with her. And I don't think he... Like like you said, I don't think he was alone. Like The Calpo brothers, yes, they got looked into, but when I was researching this case, like there wasn't a lot on them. Like It was mainly all on Van der Sloot. And... I just think they were a lot more involved than what is let on. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, they all know what happened to Natalie. And I just think, how can anyone live with themselves knowing that they've murdered someone and be okay with it? Yeah. You have to be, like, proper sick in the head. Like, clearly they've got problems because no sane person goes around. Like, most people have a conscience and they clearly don't. Yeah. Although something else that I did just think of is maybe the Carl Pro brothers because like I don't I couldn't find anything about what like their side of the story was but maybe like you said about Van der Sleep being this whole big mafia boss like maybe he's very far-fetched but paid them to keep them quiet about something or like or maybe it's not Van der Sleep like himself maybe he's like his dad or something is you know hmm. quite big hmm. I mean he pay, apparently paid for police officer which obviously was then told it was false but i don't even know what is true anymore because there's just so many stories that he's 
told that i just think he just needs to be open and honest now you're in prison you're serving 28 years well i think he served like 10 of them hasn't he mm, yes yeah just over so there. just admit just admit yeah. to it like yeah. that's your home now yeah. you're comfortable there you may as well spend a few more years there and nothing, nothing else has come out about the Carpenter brothers either since they were but they just released. like banished as, well not like banished but as in no like since they were um released they weren't even they're not even re-arrested or anything they weren't looked into anymore like i just think it's ridiculous there were three of them that night that took natalie they she got into the car with three of them and yet one of them has only been incarcerated that hasn't even been for that hasn't even her, been for murder. her murder so i just don't think they, they i just don't think they were all investigated enough clearly it's piss poor police work yeah it really is yeah i know um one thing i did leave out um, Beth did say that she still keeps her daughter's senior portrait in her bedroom and she even said that quote every morning I go give her a kiss on the cheek trace my hands down the rosary beads and cross and just say a prayer my heart breaks with the family and we do hope that one day there will be answers that was quite a sad one really yeah. it's like I know you just want someone to admit to it yeah and I don't think personally I don't think but if it was like nowadays they would have been arrested they would have been arrested yeah and i'm not being i do think that a lot of authorities in the caribbean they're not as up to scratch as basically the usa or maybe like the uk yeah i mean i wouldn't even say the us is up to scratch with all the crap that they keep pulling but they're not obviously we get a lot more funding like they're quite poorer yes. countries so they don't and it's like a lot of them sort of countries they're not government run you can see the sort of people that run them like you pay them off they'll cover your ass like nothing's yeah. ever like legit and you can never really trust them like that's just our personal opinion i don't um, yeah they do, i don't think they have because it's like so my stepmom is thai and we go to thailand quite a lot and even they said, like, the police in Thailand are very corrupt. Like, they'll stop you if you're white, basically. And then you just have to pay them off and they'll just let you go. So that's what I mean. So there are police officers out there who will just take, like, a backhanded payment and yeah. pretend nothing happened. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case here, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out here because you do have idiot oh, no. police officers. I wouldn't rule that out in this case because... It just seems like the whole police work on this case was all, like not done properly. And maybe if it happened at a different time, then yeah. maybe there would have been answers. Or in a different country. Yeah. But maybe, I think, as horrible as brutal as it sounds, I don't think we'll ever find out what happened to Natalie until Van der Sloot's on his deathbed. I reckon he'll say before he dies. Do you reckon? I honestly do, because that's like the one thing he has that everyone wants to know. And I feel like he's that twisted that he will just keep it to himself until he's about to die that'll be interesting mm. well we hope you enjoyed this week's episode yeah sorry it took so long <laughs> i've been so excited to get ready to start podding again i know i know i think we're now from now on we're just gonna get back into a routine of doing it every week and because i have actually missed doing it Same. Like, it is like a bit of a hobby for us now isn't it so it gives us something to look forward to in the week no and, definitely uh, and it's an excuse to midweek drink. Yes, definitely. Although, not right now because I'm full of COVID over here. But I've got my lemon tea. We did, do you know what, right? We haven't really stuck to this drinking thing very well, as in wine. 
Like, I we've know. sort of just gone off on a tangent. We've either drunk gin, tea, nothing. <laughs> All the odd wine. We need to get back onto the wine. Yeah. Because that was our I home. had... So, I don't usually like red. Not a big fan. But I went to my auntie's and she gets wine delivered now through, like, one of these people. <gasps> I wanted to do that. So, but they keep harassing her now. She ordered, like, one set. I think she got, like, five or six. But she doesn't drink every day, so she's like, yeah. I don't need to order every month. She only has it, like, now and then. But she had this really nice red wine. She said, you can't get it in the shop. We can only get it on this, like, wine site. But it's so nice, like, really nice. And that's coming from me, the old missus. I hate red. Do you know what type of red it was? No. Oh, well, that's good. I can ask her, though. It's fine. So, next week, we'll be back on the wine. We'll be back here next Friday. Yep, we promise. Because... Definitely. We did not stick to our word last time, but we will. We will from now on. And we are we have recently got a new software for editing. Permanent software. We've got a new laptop as well. We are Yeah. Yeah. So we're taking this very seriously now. Yes. So it is going to be routinely the same day every week because we've been struggling with different softwares of editing and getting it on for the right day that we said we're gonna post it on. So, hopefully, this software works and everything runs a bit more smoothly now. And the quality, like the sound quality, is a bit better now. Yes, we've we've said that before, but this is a new laptop though. I know. We've software already on it, so this is going to work. Yes, yes. So, um, don't forget to like, share, review. Can someone sign up to our Patreon just so we can be like, oh my god, we have our first Patreon. Yes. Because we've had it for a while and... Um, I mean, the thing is, we haven't been very... We have been a bit AWOL for the past yeah, month. So. if someone... If, if we start getting some Patreons... Shan's going to buy me a bottle of champagne. No, I'm not. But <laughs> we will do a live episode mm-hmm. for you guys. Yeah, so you even get to see our beautiful faces. Yeah, we'll even do... So you can see our face. Yeah. But that's only if we get some patrons. Otherwise, I'm going to say in my little corner. I was going to say we'll carry on looking a bit homeless. Yeah. In our little makeshift studio. So, yeah. So you can catch us on Spotify. Pretty much everywhere apart from uh, Apple. iTunes, yeah. iTunes, yeah. Because Apple just like to take your money. They do. They really do. They're just money-hungry companies. So um, you can pretty much catch us anywhere apart from Apple. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook at the Mystery Room Podcast. And like I said, five stars would be lovely. I want to go to the podcast show next year. So let's get us up there, get us loads of subscribers so we'll get invited. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Bye.